0: You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans, today is Friday, September 17th, 2021, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode. Oh, sweet, sweet victory from Camden Yards on Thursday night as the Orioles walk it off with a 3-2 to victory in 10 innings over the New York Yankees with me in the building at Oriole Park as the O's play spoiler once again. They only get the one game from the Yanks in the three-game series, but Red Sox fans, Blue Jays fans, A's fans, Mariners fans, Rays fans, all very happy along with the O's fans after that one. So I'll recap Thursday night's game, give you the five things you need to know from that one. Then we'll take a look at uh, briefly some Orioles roster moves as they uh, claimed Brooks Krisky, a right-handed reliever off of waivers from the Yankees. We'll quickly take a look at his career before we dive a little deeper into him uh, next week when Stacey Gotsolius, the host of Locked on Yankees, joins the pod. And uh, also another move with Jemai Jones being sent down to AAA. We'll talk about what that could mean uh, for the team. And then finally at the end of the pod, We will get you set for another chance for the Orioles to play spoiler this weekend. They head up to Fenway Park for a three-game series against the Red Sox. And, ooh, they could really mess up the AL wildcard race again this weekend. We'll preview that at the end of the pod. But all that and more is coming up on this episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join me every week to talk Orioles and get in on the action at Spotify Greenroom changing the way we talk sports. So we start today with what a fantastic feeling it is. The Orioles beat the Yankees 3-2 in 10 innings, winning it on the Austin Hayes walk-off single in the bottom of the 10th. First career walk-off hit for Hayes as the Orioles avoid their 100th loss and get to 47-99 and on the season, avoid the sweep as well, taking the final game of the three-game set against the Yankees at Oriole Park and Camden Yards. And I'm going to get you the five things you need to know from the Orioles' 3-2 victory over the Yankees. And the first thing you need to know, Austin Hayes continuing to play hero for the O's. Of course, almost his night was Wednesday night when he hit the solo homer in the sixth, then the two-run go-ahead homer in the eighth Orioles. Of course, couldn't hold the lead in the ninth in the Wednesday night game, but he would have been the hero then. So you know what? Austin Hayes came up again and said, my time to be the hero. Now, the Orioles got to the bottom of the 10th with the game tied at two. They had the runner on second. It was Jemai Jones. Perfect bunt from Richie Martin turned into a bunt single, went to first and third. They intentionally walked Cedric Mullins to load the bases. And then Ryan Mountcastle came up against the left-hander, Wandy Peralta. You thought Mountcastle, who had already homered early in the game, was going to end it. He struck out on four pitches. It was up to Austin Hayes. He ran the count 3-0. He, of course, took a strike down the middle with the bases loaded. And then on 3-1, and one, little Baltimore chop through the left side into left field for a base hit scoring Jamai Jones for the walk-off win for the Orioles to win it three to two I was in the ballpark for it it was great a lot of Yankees fans but a lot of Orioles fans as well in the building very fun to see Hayes get that first walk-off hit in his career and he has earned it he stays hot here in September been fantastic to see him swing the bat like he has in this month Second thing you need to know from the game is that Chris Ellis, who got the start, he wasn't as sharp as he has been so far for the Orioles since coming over from the Rays, but he still did enough to keep the O's in the game. Ellis' final line in the start. He goes four and two-thirds, allowing two runs on three hits. He struck out three. He walked four. He gave up a home run. He threw 84 pitches, and his season ERA now 2.39 for the 28-year-old right-hander. And it was kind of along the same path for Ellis, who, you know, did get hit a little harder in the second inning that's when he gave up both of his runs it was a solo home run by Joey Gallo and then there was also an RBI double uh, that was hit by Gio Urshela in the inning uh, but those were the two runs but he got out of a jam second and third one out to keep it at 2-0 and he settled down and you know he got two outs in the fifth couldn't get the final out Fernando Abad came in got out of a bases loaded jam to keep it at a 2 nothing game at that point but Again, you know, Ellis just struggled a little bit more with the command. That's back-to-back starts where he's just struggled a bit with the command. Again, four walks to three strikeouts in four and two-thirds innings. You'd like the command to be a little better and the strikeout numbers to be a little better. And again, he really wasn't getting swings and misses. 84 pitches, just five whiffs for Chris Ellis. Two on the fastball, one on the slider, and two on the changeup. And you know, we saw about 50% fastballs, 27% sliders. Then he threw you know 12% change, 11% curveballs, and really his best pitch was the slider on the day he only got one whiff on that pitch but it was in the strike zone it, it turned into some outs he got a lot of foul balls on that pitch and uh you know he was solid he wasn't as good but one thing ellis has been able to do especially the last couple of starts is even when he doesn't have his best stuff and do we really know we don't know everything about chris ellis he hasn't been with the orioles for that long but even when he hasn't had his best stuff it looks like over the last couple of starts you know he is out there battling and And he keeps the Orioles in the game. And, you know, this game could have gotten away from him in the second, got out of a jam. Could have gotten away from him in the fourth and the fifth, got out of it. And, you know, he did a good enough job. And, again, he's not going to go any deeper than five innings. He goes four and two-thirds in this one. But he does enough to keep the Orioles in it. And in games when the Orioles' bullpen puts it together, they can win these type of games. And the third thing you need to know is that the Orioles' bullpen had, honestly, one of its best days of the season. That was really one of the biggest reasons why the O's won this game. Fernando Abad, Dylan Tate, Connor Green, and Cole Salser. Not exactly your murderer's row of Orioles relievers. They combined to really just dominate the Yankees in this one. Five and a third scoreless innings combined for those four pitchers. They allowed four hits. They struck out five. They walked just two. And again, the no runs against them. You had Fernando Abad get out of a bases loaded jam in the fifth. You had Dylan Tate, two scoreless innings, one strikeout, no walks, two hits allowed. He did a great job. You had Connor Green come in in the eighth inning. Work a scoreless frame with two big strikeouts even while allowing a hit and a walk. And then Cole Salser was really the dominant guy. He had a 1-2-3 8th inning on Wednesday night. He comes back out on Thursday night, pitches the top of the ninth inning, goes 1-2-3 with the Orioles down 2-1. to one. Then after the O's score in the bottom of the ninth to send it to extras, Salser goes right back out there in the top of the 10th with the runner on 2nd facing Judge, Rizzo, and Torres. He goes 1-2-3. Salser retires all 6 batters he faces with a couple of strikeouts. He was fantastic. And I think by the end of the You know, Tyler Wells almost had this spot. Paul Fry almost had this spot for a while. You know, Dylan Tate, Tanner Scott were in the conversation. I think by the end of the year, we're going to be calling Cole Salser the best reliever for the Orioles throughout the 2021 season. Crazy that is to say, after all his struggles back in 2020. Fourth thing you need to know from this one we just mentioned that ninth inning. Somehow, the bottom of the Orioles order just did enough to manufacture a run in the bottom of the ninth to get this game to extras. Now, it did help that with the Orioles trailing 2-1, to one, heading into the bottom of the ninth inning, it was not a role as Chapman who entered the game. Chapman had pitched in three straight games for the Yankees, and because of that, he just was not available for this one. So Clay Holmes, who has been the Yankees setup guy for a while, acquired him from the Pirates at the deadline. He had pitched a scoreless bottom of the eighth inning, and Holmes went right back out there for the bottom of the ninth. And he struck out Ramona Arias on three pitches to start the inning, and you felt like that was it. But then DJ Stewart, who had entered the game earlier as a pinch hitter, he hits a single into left center field. Kelvin Gutierrez comes on as a pinch runner. You get a wild pitch that gets Gutierrez to second. Pat Faleka just bounces one slowly to third for a ground out, but it allows Gutierrez to move to third. And then with Austin wins at the plate... A wild pitch goes over the head of Gary Sanchez, Gutierrez just makes it in safely at the plate to score the tying run, and on the very next pitch, Austin Wynn struck out to send the game to extras, and you feel like if that last pitch wouldn't have been wild, it would have been a 2-1 to loss for the Orioles with the run stranded at 3rd, but they didn't do a lot to manufacture it, but shout out to Stewart for getting the hit, and the Orioles somehow put it together. To get themselves that run in the ninth, they got the zero in the tenth, and then they walk it off in the bottom of the tenth. What a great comeback job, really on back-to-back nights by the Orioles' offense. And the fifth and final thing you need to know from this one is that it just feels really good to beat the Yankees. And especially when you're in the ballpark like I was on Thursday night, it feels so good to beat the Yankees. The Orioles were so close to an incredible comeback win over the Yankees on Wednesday night to have it taken away like that in the top of the ninth inning in all the weird circumstances of that inning to come back, be in a very similar spot late in the game, down two to one and get the run in the ninth, the run in the 10th to win it. I mean, it shows resiliency from this team. Great to see the Yankees fans all over Camden Yards go home sad. And the other thing about it, the Orioles end this season going eight and eleven against the Yankees as the season series ended on Thursday night. Eight wins in nineteen tries. The Orioles in twenty nineteen, the last time they played a full slate, they were two and seventeen against the Yankees. Remember, they lost sixteen straight against New York that season. Just got pummeled by the Yanks in twenty nineteen. This year pretty even with them at 8 and 11 what a job it was by the Orioles and just think about this you know the Orioles were 1 and 18 this year against the Rays and 8 and 11 against the Yankees a big difference why the Yankees aren't in contention really right now to win the AL East the Yankees are in a crazy tight battle right now for the AL wild card first or second spot if the Yankees do not make the playoffs and you know Most likely the Red Sox and the Blue Jays beat them out for those two wildcard spots. You can look back to losing eight games to the Orioles. Some of the Blue Jays, the Rays, the Red Sox all did not do this year. As the difference of keeping the Yankees out of the playoffs, and if you're an Orioles fan, and if you're the Orioles, you can feel like you may have kept the Yankees out of the postseason in 2021. And I know it's been a really rough year all around for the Orioles. But that's something we can hold on to and feel good about heading into 2022. It's great to win the last one against the Yanks. Great to get a walk-off against the Yanks. Just a great, great feeling at Camden Yards on Thursday night. But earlier in the day on Thursday, and later in the day Thursday after the game, the Orioles made a couple of roster moves. One of them had to do with the Yankees. They actually claimed Brooks krisky off of waivers. A 27-year-old right-handed reliever who had struggled with New York this season put him in AAA. He's another potential bullpen piece. And then after the game, the Orioles also sent Jamai Jones back down to AAA after he really hasn't played much since Saturday. It was kind of odd to see him out of the lineup, and now he's back in AAA. So coming up after the break, we'll talk about the crisky move, what he could bring, and what the corresponding move was. And then we'll talk about this Jamai Jones move and what the corresponding move there could be, as I record here on Thursday night, and why Jones really hasn't played lately and now goes back to AAA. We'll talk about all that after the break. So we'll get back to talking more about the Orioles in just a second. But first, got to tell you about Built Bar and all of their delicious flavors of protein bars. So it's really something for everyone, whether you're a Perkinson that maybe likes the coconut flavor. How about the raspberry flavor? How about the mint brownie flavor? How about double chocolate? And so many more. My favorite right now, I got to go with the... Uh, we will say cookies and cream. They got a lot of good ones, but that is a great flavor. But here's the thing about Built Bars. They got all these amazing flavors. They taste great. Feels like you're eating a candy bar sometimes, but here's the thing. They're good for you. They're healthy. They've got 17 to 18 grams of protein in pretty much every bar. Calories ranging from just 130 to 180, only about 4 or 5 grams of sugar, and only about 4 or 5 grams of net carbs. And Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, so that's pretty neat. So go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off at builtbar.com. So, of course, it was a fantastic day for the Orioles. They walk it off against the Yankees with a 3-2 to victory to end that series. Fantastic day for me. I was in the ballpark to see the walk-off. It was very, very fun to watch. But for the Orioles, there was also some stuff that went on before and after the game in terms of roster moves. And wanted to quickly get that to you as well here on the pod. And it all started on Thursday afternoon when the Orioles made another waiver claim, this time claiming Brooks krisky off of waivers from the New York Yankees. Kriske, a 27-year-old right-handed reliever who was a sixth-round pick of the Yankees out of USC back in the 2016 MLB draft. krisky who was DFA'd by the Yankees a couple days ago, has not had a good season in New York. In 2021, he's pitched in eight games out of the Yankees' bullpen. He pitched a one in May, a couple in June, few in July, few here in September. But in seven and two-thirds innings over those eight appearances, he allowed 13 earned runs on 12 hits. He struck out seven, he walked six. He allowed five home runs. He had five wild pitches. He hit a batter. That all accrued to a 15.26 ERA for Brooks Kriske this season. Yeah, not good. He made his Major League debut in 2020. actually came against the Orioles. And in the 2020 season, he pitched in four games out of the bullpen. And uh, yeah, wasn't good either. Three and two-thirds innings, six runs on three hits, eight Ks, seven walks, one homer, two wild pitches. So overall in his time in the majors with the Yankees, 11 and a third innings. 15 strikeouts, 13 walks, and a 15.09 ERA. So I know, I know, the stats don't look good. And again, he's 27 years old, so he's not, you know, super, super young. So you're thinking, why are the Orioles doing this? Well, first of all, he's a guy who's not arbitration eligible until 2024, not a free agent until 2027. So if you figure something out, it could work. If you look at his minor league numbers, he has been dynamite. At the minor league level, in Triple A with the Yankees this year, 24 games out of the bullpen in Triple A, a 3.81 ERA, 41 strikeouts to just 14 walks in 28 and a third innings. That is 13 strikeouts per nine for Crispy at that Triple A level. And if you think about it, even last year, I know the numbers weren't good, but eight strikeouts in three and two thirds at the major league level. That is 11 outs at the major league level he recorded in 2020. Eight of them were strikeouts. He's got some good stuff. How about 2019? He pitched at high A and double A with the Yankees, a 208 ERA in 60 and two-thirds innings. He had 80 strikeouts in that time. His career strikeout numbers uh, are pretty, pretty good at the minor league level. And, uh, you know, they are well above 11 Ks per nine and uh, he's got some good strikeout stuff. For krisky what you'll see from him is mostly a four-seam fastball, at least that's what we've seen at the Major League level. It's a four-seamer that, you know, of what he has thrown uh, in his career so far in terms of pitches, uh, he'll throw that thing a good 60 to 65% of the time. It's a 95 to 96 mile per hour fastball. He can run it up there to 97, and it's really the pitch that guys have hit. Uh, he has given up, In his career, six home runs at the major league level, all of them have come off the four-seam fastball. But what he does have is two off-speed pitches that guys really haven't hit. Uh, He's got a split finger that he throws about 30 35% of the time. This splitter comes in about 85 miles an hour, kind of works as a split change. Um, He has most of his career strikeouts on that pitch. And uh, it really does not get hit hard at all. Just a couple of extra base hits against that pitch. Then there's a slider that, you know, he really hasn't thrown much. He's only thrown 19 total sliders over two years at the major league level. It's an 84-mile-per-hour slider from the right-hander that he'll toss in there at times. But it's really four-seamer split change. And uh, it worked for Krisky really well at the minor league level. Again, hasn't really translated as much to the major league level. Hasn't had success. But the Orioles see that and say he's on waivers we get first cracks at him on waivers because the Orioles have the worst record in baseball why not take a chance when you have the room? And in terms of the room on the roster, yes, the Orioles did have a full 40-man roster. But to make room, the Orioles placed Jorge Lopez on the 60-day injured list. He was already on the 10-day IL. They transferred him to the 60-day IL. This is something the Orioles have done with a lot of players lately here in the season. When you put a guy on the 60-day IL, his spot gets taken off of the 40-man roster. Now, once he's healthy, you got to put him back on the 40-man. But he doesn't count against the 40-man roster when you put him on the 60-day IL. And Jorge Lopez, who sprained his ankle pretty badly uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, and the Orioles basically said that he was out for the season. They just hadn't officially put him on the 60-day IL. But because he is out for the year, they can put him there, no harm done. And they can open up a 40-man roster spot to put Brooks Krisky there. Now, the Orioles immediately optioned him to AAA Norfolk. So he will start his Orioles career out of the Norfolk Tides bullpen at the AAA level. They've still got a few weeks left in their season and we'll probably see him pitch for the tides a few times and if it works out i'm sure he's going to get his chance at the major league level probably to pitch in you know a game or two or three uh with the orioles before this season is done just so the orioles can get a look at the 27 year old right hander Uh, but we will look even further into brooks krisky uh next week looks like. Probably next Tuesday on the pod, Stacey Gotsoulias, the host of Locked On Yankees here on the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, is going to join us to talk about Kriski in more detail. Uh, Stacy has watched him in a lot of his appearances uh, with the Yankees and will tell us really what has gone wrong for Kriski at the Major League level and what the you know minor moments that have gone right for him uh, with the Yanks. So that'll be next week on the pod, but the Orioles do have another pitching option in Brooks Kriski. Now, the other move that the Orioles made was... A little more surprising as, you know, to kind of set the scene for it, we hadn't seen Jemai Jones for the Orioles in a game since Sunday. We hadn't seen him in the starting lineup since game two of the doubleheader against the Blue Jays Saturday. He started that game. Then he came off the bench when uh, Ramon Rias had to leave the game Sunday and got a couple at-bats in the Sunday game. And then he hadn't been in the game, hadn't been in the lineup since then. And now we saw Jones as the pinch runner in the bottom of the 10th inning In Thursday night's game, he ended up scoring the winning run on the Austin Hayes walk-off single, but that was the only time he played in this entire Yankee series was as a pinch runner, and now Jones goes back down to AAA optioned after the game. Of course, the Orioles fans were calling for him for so long to come up, and he ended up appearing in 18 games. For the Orioles, he ends up with 58 plate appearances and a 164 batting average, 207 on base. Uh, He had three doubles, three RBIs, ended up nine for 55 at the plate. So I know, you know, wasn't good offense. The defense was okay at second base, but... It's interesting to see the Orioles wait so long to call him up, then finally call him up. You think, oh, you know, he slotted perfectly to just play second base for the O's for the rest of the season, for them to get a good, you know, month plus of a good look at Jemai Jones here late in 2021. And then he gets sent back down to AAA. And as of this recording here, this is about, you know, almost 11 p.m., on Thursday night, after the walk-off win, we have not seen any corresponding move for the Orioles. Now, of course, Jones just gets optioned to AAA, and uh, the Orioles will call somebody up to replace him on the major league roster before today's game against the Red Sox. We don't yet know who it is. By the time you're listening to this, this could be outdated. The Orioles could have called somebody up, but this is just a a suspicion I have, and that the Orioles maybe didn't want to do this. Now, you could argue that maybe they did because it was so weird to see him not play this week. And, of course, we saw Jorge Mateo go on the injured list, be out for the season on Tuesday. You thought, okay, that opens up immediately for Jemai Jones to basically play every single game this season. And the Orioles called up Pat Vileka to replace Mateo. And you thought, you know, Valeka kind of a veteran presence, he can be kind of your utility infielder off the bench for the rest of the year. And you play Jones every day. But Valeka came up. And instead of Jones playing, Jones was sitting, and Valleca started all three games this week against the Yankees. So it really made you think, you know, what could be going on with Jamai Jones? So there's still something possible that is going on, but the theory I'm going to posit is what I've talked about a little bit is that Pedro Severino left with that injury after running to first in Tuesday night's game. He hasn't been available, wasn't available Wednesday or Thursday night. And, you know, Austin Wins has played every inning, And, you know, the Orioles, if they would not have scored in the bottom of the 10th on Thursday, they may have been out of catchers because the Orioles pinch ran for Austin Wins in the 10th with Jemai Jones. Had the Orioles not scored, had it gone to the 11th and Pedro Severino wasn't available, I think Pat Vileka would have been the emergency catcher and would have had to catch the 11th inning. So maybe the Pedro Severino injury that he left with, you know, kind of a, a groin injury, is worse than the Orioles thought, but not bad enough to put him on the injured list. So they might want another catcher. Up on the roster. Now, if you look at the Orioles 40 man roster at the moment, the only two catchers on there are Pedro Severino and Austin Wins, the two guys currently on the Major League roster. So you know, I'm thinking they might want to pull up a catcher, but they would have to make a 40 move to do that. Now, of course, Adley Rutschman is the guy we would all love to see come up. I don't think it's going to happen. The two other catchers in AAA are Brett Cumberland and Nick Shufo. Cumberland, who's still somewhat of an Orioles prospect, came over in the Kevin Gosman trade. Uh, is a hit by pitch machine, has a good swing. You know, the defense leaves some to be desired. He could be an option uh, at this point. You know, he's 26 years old. Then there's Nick Schufo who the Orioles signed to a minor league deal this offseason. He has some time in the majors over the last couple of years with the Tampa Bay Rays. He is also 26, a solid left-handed hitter, a little bit better defensively than Cumberland. And both those guys seem to be healthy. And so, you know, maybe my thinking on the Jones thing is that, you know, he struggled a little bit. He obviously has options. He's one of the easier guys to just send down to AAA for a bit. So you can call up another catcher to have some insurance for wins this weekend in Boston, whether it be Shufo or Cumberland or Maybe Rutschman, although that's, don't get your hopes up, that's not happening. But, you know, I'm thinking that could be the case and I'm kind of hoping that's the case because if the catcher thing is not the case and Severino's okay and they're sending Jemai Jones back down after 18 games of struggling just a bit, that worries me a little bit about the future for Jemai Jones, but it's something we'll monitor and obviously we'll know Uh, You might know as you're listening to this here on Friday what the corresponding move was, but hopefully it's a catcher because if it is a catcher, that means the Orioles just really needed to get a catcher there and felt like sending Jones down was kind of the easiest thing in the short term, and he'll be right back to the majors uh, once Severino gets healthy. That is obviously... The hope, But either way for the Orioles, no matter who the two catchers are, the three catchers are, they go up to Boston this weekend and another chance to play spoiler against the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park. And coming up after the break, we'll quickly preview the three-game series between the Orioles and Red Sox, look at the pitching matchups, and look at how the Orioles could maybe try to keep the Red Sox out of the playoffs this weekend. So we'll get to that Orioles weekend preview in just a second, but first, got to talk about BetOnline.ag. And they're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field to start another football season. And as always, betonline.ag is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you can also receive a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. And use the promo code NFL100 while you're there. And also don't forget to plug in that promo code LOCKEDON so they know that we sent you. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And today's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So, the Orioles have gotten a chance to play spoiler against the Blue Jays and the Yankees a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. Next up is the Red Sox. They've got two series left this season against Boston, and the first one commences this weekend at Fenway Park. A 3-game series between the Orioles and the Red Sox that starts tonight at Fenway, a place where the Orioles have historically played pretty well, and it will be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. Now, as of the recording of this episode here late Thursday night, the Red Sox have only named one of their three starting pitchers that is for Saturday. But in terms of the Sox overall, they come into this Friday game at 83 and 65 on the season. And as I speak to you here late Thursday night, they currently are in a tie for the two wild card spots with the Toronto Blue Jays, with the Yankees sitting a half game back, Oakland three games back, and Seattle four games back in this race Boston just went to Seattle took two of three on the road from the Mariners that was a huge series win for the Sox but game one is tonight at 7.05 and the Orioles will send their 26 year old lefty Keegan Aiken to the hill for this one for his 23rd appearance of the year he has a 6.83 ERA and 85 and two-thirds innings on the season coming off that Awesome last start against Toronto when he went six plus innings, allowing three runs on three hits, three Ks and two walks. But remember, he had six no-hit innings against the Blue Jays, had a one-nothing lead, started off the seventh inning, went single, two-run homer, and then a single and a walk, and he was out of there as the Orioles gave up 11 runs in that seventh inning and lost to the Blue Jays. But other than that, he was pretty good against Toronto in that one. In terms of Aiken against Boston, Uh, he has surprisingly mostly avoided the Red Sox this year. He's made one other start against them. That was on August 15th in Fenway Park. Four innings, three runs, six hits. He struck out two, and he walked three. In that one, again, the Red Sox have not named their starter for tonight. For the Saturday game, it is a Saturday matinee, a 1.10 p.m. Eastern time start. Orioles will send Zach Lowther to the hill. The 25-year-old lefty will make his eighth appearance for the O's this year, has a 9.92 ERA in 16 and a third innings of work. Uh, He last worked against Toronto. The start did not go well. Two innings, seven runs on four hits, four Ks, and three walks. Of course, Lowther made his first big league start against the Red Sox back on May 8th at Camden Yards. That one didn't go well either. Two and a third innings, seven runs, seven hits, three Ks, two walks, and a home run allowed. He's hoping to have a little more success against the Sox this time around. And the one pitcher we do know for the Red Sox is the Saturday starter. That is the 28-year-old right-hander Nick Pavetta, will start the Saturday game, his 28th appearance for the Red Sox this year. He has a 4.55 ERA in 140 and a third innings of work. His last start came against the White Sox. He was pretty good this week against Chicago, five and a third innings, one run, four hits, five Ks and no walks in that one. In terms of Pavetta versus Baltimore this season, he has actually seen the Orioles quite a few times August 13th at Fenway Park, he got the start. Six innings, one run, three hits, eight Ks, and two walks in that one. Also faced the Orioles back on May 9th in Baltimore. That was six innings, two runs, three hits, two Ks, and three walks. And then also April 11th in Baltimore, six innings, four runs, seven hits, seven Ks, and three walks for Pavetta in that one. The right-hander will get to face the O's again in this one. And then Sunday to finish out the series, another 110 p.m. Eastern time start at Fenway Park. Alexander Wells will take the hill for the O's as they will use three rookie left-handers in this series. It's got to set some sort of record to use three straight rookie lefties in a series. But Wells, the 24-year-old, will make his ninth appearance with the Orioles, a 7-7-6 ERA for him in 26 and two-thirds innings of work this year. His last start Came against the Yankees on Tuesday. Again, was shaky. Four innings, five runs, seven hits, three Ks, and one walk for Alexander Wells in that one, who will face the Boston Red Sox for his first time in his career when he takes the mound Sunday. Again, the Red Sox starter for that one is still TBD. And then back here on the podcast, we'll be back with you on Monday to recap the weekend, give you the three big takeaways from the Orioles weekend series against the Red Sox. Hopefully, a lot of those takeaways are positive. And the Orioles were playing spoiler against the Red Sox as well. And then we'll also get you ready for the series that starts on Monday as the Orioles can play spoiler again, this time against a National League team as they will go up to Philly to take on the Philadelphia Phillies for a three-game set, a team that's still in the hunt for the NL East and for an NL wildcard spot. So we'll talk about all that and more when we get back to the pod on Monday. But until then... I'm Connor Newcomb, still enjoying an Austin Hayes walk-off win over the Yankees. And this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.